Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. adult um, that went to kids camp, can you just go tell them thank you? Those are the real heroes um, that went and took vacation, um, took time to just pour into the next generation. Sammy and all the workers did such a great job. Um, And Foundation Church, thank you for pouring into the next generation. Many of those kids were able to go to camp because you sponsored them to go. And as you can tell, they had a blast. Like, I love getting to see this video and see kids smile and one girl's cheering like you can just tell. They had a great time, but also kids' lives were changed. Um, There were several kids that came to salvation this past week, Um, and it's just about us not just saying, there's a, it's real easy to say we're all about the next generation until it takes time to pour into the next generation and take time to pour into the generation and put more finances into the next generation. And so whether you have a teenager in this place, whether you have a child in elementary age or or younger um, kid in this place, man, let me say, as the pastor of this church, they are huge. It's a big deal to us, and we're here to equip and to reach the next generation, and we don't just say it, we mean it. And so, man, Sammy and Alyssa Floyd, thank you guys for all that you do. Michael and Aubrey Ballard, thank you guys for all that you do week in and week out. I did fail to mention this in first service, so all the teenagers in first service, which let's be honest, there weren't any, they were still sleeping, but um, youth won't be here Wednesday night. They will be having a get-together at the Ballard's house. Um, We will send more information about the time it's starting. I believe it's 6.30 to 9, if that's right, Michael, you can yell it at me. Six to nine, six to nine, or they can stay till all night. I'm good because it's not my house. Um, Six till all night long. It's a sleepover at the Ballard's house. Um... Just bring your kid and pick him up like maybe Friday. So um, anyways, it's good times. Uh, (laughs) Please do it. Uh, This morning... Before we get into the message, next week we are doing a series called Foundations, um, Foundations at Foundation. Um, But what this series is really about is building a firm foundation for your faith, really building a faith that lasts, no matter what comes your way, because here's what I have seen, and you've seen it. You've seen people get into their 50s and their 60s, and something comes in, and it just is trying, and it's hard, and they leave the faith. What happened, right? Right? 
And Jesus actually talked about this, that the smart person builds his house on the rock so that when the wind and the rain and the storms come, it's still standing. He's not building it on something that is wishy-washy like sand and the emotions, he's building it on truth. And so we're gonna be talking about how do you build a faith that lasts for um, the month of July? And I promise you don't wanna miss it. But today we are ending our series called The Balancing Act. And um, if you missed any of this series, I would really encourage you go back and look and watch it. But um, as we go into today, I'm going to talk to you about something that all of us deal with. Um, all of us struggle with this. All of us um, deal with this on a daily basis, and it's temptation. Um, no matter your age, no matter what stage of life you're in, no matter how long you've been following Jesus, you and I are always going to deal with temptation. And, and we've got to learn to have a healthy man just approached to when we're dealing with temptation because your ability to handle temptation when it comes at you is really what's going to help you keep life on balance. Um, we get really, really off balance when we follow the desires of our sinful nature instead of our spirit-led nature. And it talks about this all in Galatians, and Paul talks about this in Galatians, being spirit-led instead of uh, 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 self-led. And so how do you do that? Because temptations come at you all the time. I love this quote by Rita Mae Brown. It says, lead me not into temptation. I can find the way myself. Um, and I think a lot of us are that way. I don't need anybody to lead me there. I do well all on my own. Our main text today is going to be found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 through 13. We'll be referencing this scripture quite a bit today. So if you brought your Bible, keep your bookmark there, um, your finger there, because we will be coming back. Uh, but it says this, so if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. If you think you're mature, if you think you're uh, too godly to ever fall for temptation, Paul's saying this, if you think you're firm, if you think you're good, you better be careful. You better be careful that you don't fall. And I, I love this. I started reading commentary about fall. And it said this. It said a, a, a fall that's catastrophic. So the way I interpret this, it's like a 90-year-old who falls and breaks a hip, right? Um, it's all downhill after that, man. It's, just, it, it, it's a catastrophic fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. That you can endure the temptation. That you don't give in to the temptation. Um, but what, I, I love, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. The first thing I want us to understand about temptation is this. As long as it's an option, it will always be a temptation. As long as it's an option, as long as your temptation, as long as your issue is an option, it will always be a temptation. There is a temptation that I have to deal with every single day of the week. Not the weekend, the week, and it is this right here. 
I work out at Sky at Midtown, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. And when I come out, I can smell Chick-fil-A right down here, right here off 41st, right by the AMC, right by Barnes and Nobles. It's 350 feet away from Barnes and I know how far, no, I don't really know, um, but it's close. And here's the problem. This Chick-fil-A biscuit will change your life. It, it is absolutely awesome. If, here's why I'm preaching about Chick-fil-A today, because you can't give into this temptation today, right? It's closed. You're welcome. Um, but, but everybody's going to be there tomorrow. But here's the problem. This is the gateway drug of all breakfast sandwiches. All right? Because it's not enough to have one. You're like, oh, one, two would be really good, right? And three would be life-changing. Then I don't, I won't have to eat. I can eat a late lunch if I have three breakfast sandwiches, right? And here's the problem. You've eaten all your caloric intake before it's nine o'clock in the morning. I mean, these things, they're so good. If you've never had one of these, don't do it. <laughs> don't start down that road. It's a dark place, man. You're just in the corner eating biscuits. But here's the deal. <laughs> here's a problem. Chick-fil-A is always going to be there. It's always, go have you seen the lines at Chick-fil-A? It's always going to be there. And I have to learn to deal with the temptation to totally go and blow my workout. Some of you are like, well, it's not that bad. There's some protein. It's fried chicken on a biscuit. Like, come on, don't justify that. Like, it is not good. It's like, well, it doesn't have gravy on it. Well, I, right, it's still horrible for you, right? Chick-fil-A is going to be there. Every time I cut, the smell is going to greet me like a warm, like winter morning before Christmas. It's going to be there every time I step out of the gym. It's always better than a protein shake. It but here's the deal. I'm going to have to learn to deal with that temptation. And here's how I've had to deal with it. Is that instead of going right out of the parking lot, I go left. I don't even pass by it. It can't be an option for Justin, or I'm stopping through that drive-thru. Give me three biscuits, please. Um, oh, you're sharing? No, I'm not sharing. I will have these devoured before I get to the office. Um, it can't even be an option. And as long as there are some issues and some places in your life and in my life that we allow to be options, that we keep open to be options, I got to, truth is, it will always be a temptation. There will always be temptations where you've kept doors open that should be closed. There will always be temptations where you've kept doors open that should be closed. And you see it all throughout the Bible. Probably the biggest glaring person to me is Samson. Samson has all the giftings. He's got all the strength. He's got wisdom. He's got knowledge. Actually, probably doesn't have wisdom. He's got knowledge. He knows. He knows better. He just doesn't do better. And his temptation, his option was always the opposite sex. And we know about Samson and Delilah, but before we get to even Delilah, that's three ladies later, right? It was a mess before that. The wheels had come off a long time before that. Samson is a young guy, and he's looking for his, his bride-to-be, and he finds one from another clan serving other gods, and, and he tells his parents, hey, 
I want that woman, get that one for me. Right? His parents are like, absolutely not. They object. They're like, no, 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 no. There's got to be somebody else. And he objects to his parents. And here's his reasoning. Judges 14, verse 3. Check this out. She looks good to me. Literally is what the NLT says. Get her for me because she looks good to me. Now, I can't fault Samson with that. I don't, yeah, like you're not going to marry somebody that doesn't look good to you, hopefully, um, or it's going to be a really long marriage. But this is how Samson lived his life. And, and the wheels come off of this whole relationship. Like if you read your Bible, man, the, Samson throws out this riddle. They mess with his, his fiance. She tells him, he says, if you wouldn't have known the answer if you didn't meddle with my heifer. I'm like, how good could she have looked if you're calling your bride to be a heifer? But um, that, that's neither here nor there. Um, and, and, and so he, he leaves, he gets angry, he gets mad. The dad of a bride-to-be of his fiance gives his bride to marry his best man. And Samson comes back, he's like, what the heck, bro? I thought we were bros, right? Like bros before hoes. And that did not work out, right? Didn't work out. And so I can't believe I just said that. We're going to keep going on. Um, Keeping it real transparent. That wasn't first service. That's just totally for you, second service. Um, the kid's like, bros before hoes. Dad, what's that mean? We'll talk about it later, son. Um, stop saying it, Justin. Um, I need a break. Um, <laughs> so then they... They move on, and, and Samson, this whole relationship fell apart because she looked good to him, but, but it, didn't, it didn't go that way, and it wasn't right. And it, so next we catch Samson is with a prostitute. Really? Mighty man of God with a prostitute. Takes off the gates of Gaza and, and marches out because the Philistines are getting ready to trap him. And then later comes Delilah. And you know Delilah. I know Delilah. It was his undoing was undoing. And what life should have been wasn't because he kept something as an option that became a temptation that he bid on. And some of you in this place, there are relationships you're keeping open that you need to shut down. They're, they're, the reason you can't find Mr. and Mrs. Right is because you're doing wrong with the wrong. And you can't find right and you can't do right because you're busy being with wrong and doing wrong. And, and there's doors you need to shut so that the right doors can open. And as long as it's an option, it's always going to be a temptation. As long as you never take action to go the other way, there's always going to be an option to go through the drive-thru of Chick-fil-A, right? There has got to be something that you do that becomes and it limits that being an option. Perfect example. I cannot have Oreos in my house. It cannot happen. I cannot buy Oreos, but people keep giving me Oreos, right? And so I can't throw them away because that's just wasteful. Um, and so I need to be a good steward of what God is blessing me with. So I take them home. And like, I have an Oreo problem. I do lines at a time. Like if I ever say I'm doing a line, it's not drugs or cocaine. I'm just doing Oreos. I'm just like, what are you doing? I'm busy on a line right now, right? I'm just like, I'm going after it. Um, I have the discipline to not bring them into my house, but if they're in my house, forget about it because the option is a temptation and I just bit. And some of you, you are letting things into your house that don't need to be in your house. 
Some of you, you are allowing websites to be in your, your house that you have no business being in, and it's not going to get better till you get a filter or you get some accountability so that that option can't be a temptation any longer. Some of you, it's prescription drugs and it's alcohol, and it's not going to get any better until you don't have access to the prescription drugs and the alcohol. You cannot allow an option to stay an option or it will always be a temptation. If we're going to deal with it, if our life's going to stay on balance, we got to realize, man, if it's an option, it will always stay a temptation. The second thing we need to understand is that our temptation is no different. It's common to be tempted. It's just uncommon to not give in. Your temptation's no different. I, I know that sounds like, well, I, I want my temptation to be different. Your temptation, my temptation is no different except what has been common to man. No temptation has overtaken you. That's what our text says, except what's common to man, except the things that everybody has dealt with. Some of us, we scratch our heads and we're like, oh, I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's just, man, if, if I, the, big, the big line right now is I'm busy living my best life, right? Like hashtag busy living my best life, selfie at the beach, busy living my best life and eating an apple, busy, you know, all, all this different stuff, like busy living my best life. Can I tell if you're going to get busy living your best life, you've got to learn to deal with common temptation in an uncommon way. You've got to learn to deal with the common temptations in an uncommon way. And the only way you can do that is through discipline and it's through wisdom. And it's through being spirit-led instead of self-led. Man, if, if, if you're going to live your best life, you've got to deal with the common temptations that come every day at you in different ways that looks different in an uncommon common way. And I would say it this way. Don't give up what you want most. That marriage, that goal, that dream, what God has put in you for what's convenient now. Because a lot of us, we've bid on what's convenient instead of what's significant. And what's significant is rarely, rarely what's convenient. Don't give up what you want most for what's convenient now. James chapter 1, verse 13 through 15 says this. And remember when you're being tempted. It, it, it doesn't say if you're tempted. It says, no, 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 you're going to be tempted. That when you're being tempted, don't say God is tempting me. Right? I, I can hear James' tone. Like, don't say that, son. Like, don't, don't say God's tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. And he never tempts anyone else. Temptation. So here, here's where James said, temptation doesn't come from God. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. Temptation always looks better than it is, right? You ever got a gift that you thought, man, if I get this, it's great. And then you get it and you're like, it really wasn't that great. That's what temptation is. It entices you, and then when it gets you, it drags you away. It overtakes you. You've got no power. It drags you away. These desires, temptation leads to something, gives birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it brings death. 
I love the quote I read, but I don't know who it's by. It says, there's always free cheese and mousetraps, right? There's, there's always free cheese and mousetraps. It may be free, but man, it's a trap. And, and what you and I need to understand, subpoint on this, is temptation doesn't knock you off balance. Giving in does. It's not the temptation that's knocking you off balance. It's giving in that does. When I come out of the gym, when I smell Chick-fil-A, it's not the smelling of the heaven that is, is the, that is knocking me off balance, that is costing me my workout. No, no, no. It's giving in to go right instead of left and to have three breakfast biscuits. Um, it's partaking in the calories that's blowing the workout of what I'm trying to do. You're going to be tempted. It's learning to deal with it in an uncommon, godly way. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. What's guiding your life? What's directing your life? Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I love when the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, right? Because my understanding, what Samson was leaning on his own understanding, what looked good is what he wanted, even if it wasn't good. And we want to lean on our own understanding. We want to lean on our own emotions. We want to go after if it feels good, if it looks good, if it sounds good, then it's got to be good. And that's the culture we live in. I'm living my best life now by doing what I want. But that's not what the Bible says. It's saying, no, 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 you can't lean on your understanding. You can't allow your sinful nature to lead you. Your self-led, it may not even be sin, but your self-led nature isn't what's supposed to lead you and to lead me. If we're going to deal with everyday temptation because it's the common things that have overtaken you, it's the common temptations, nothing has seized you except what is common to man. Man, if we're going to deal with those in a correct, godly manner and keep our balance, and still stay after the significant things in life, you and I, man, we have got to be led by the Holy Spirit instead of by ourselves, Because our self always wants to go after what feels good and looks good. But our spirit-led nature always leads us to what truly is good and what is good for us. Man, realize you're going to be tempted. That's not what throws you off balance. It's the giving in that does. I'm reading a book right now. It's called The Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23. And in it, Philip Keller, if you've never read it, we're actually going to probably be going through this book as a series in November. But it is my favorite book. Um, but Shepherd's Look at Psalms 23 by Philip Keller. Some of you are writing, I know. Um, but um, in, it, in the second chapter, it says, I shall not want. And he starts talking about discontentment and how discontentment leads you to dangerous places. And he talks about one of his lambs and how one of his lambs would constantly go out of the boundary of his fence. And it would get into dangerous places. And the crazy thing is it would get into other fields that weren't near as lush, 
weren't near as green, weren't near as fruitful as the pasture in the field that he, the shepherd, had provided his lamb. It just wasn't content with what the master had provided, and it always led to a dangerous situation. We always hear that the grass is greener on the other side. It always seems that it's greener on the other side. And I got to tell you, sometimes it is. If all you're doing is looking at everybody else's life and everybody else's situation, and you're comparing your situation to other people's situation, guess what? The grass is greener on the other side because instead of comparing, they've been faithful and fruitful where they are. Instead of comparing their marriage to everybody else, they've been working on their marriage, making it the best they can be. Instead of comparing their kids to everybody else, they've been working with their kids to be the best they can be. Instead of comparing their finance to everybody else's finances, they've been faithful and fruitful with the finances that God has given us. And some of us, if you're going to avoid the temptation that discontentment brings, that it leads you into dangerous places, you just got to work your field where God has you, be faithful where God has you, and be fruitful where God has you. And you'll understand to enjoy the pasture that the master has provided because the master of your life determines the destiny of your life. And if you can understand that, man, it will transform your life in dealing with temptation. You got to learn to be spirit-led instead of self-led. The last thing I would say is this, when it comes to dealing with temptation, you have to be fully dressed to fully fight. You have to be fully dressed to fully fight. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 18. A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. So there's two times that all is in here. When it comes to putting on the armor, you better put on all of God's armor so you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be able to stand, you will be standing firm. Stand your ground. Stop. Man, the only time the Bible tells you to run from temptation is when it's sexual temptation. Otherwise, it says stand your ground ground. And some of you, you, all you do is run instead of stand your ground and be fully dressed and fully equipped so you can fully fight. Some of you, it's time for you to get into the fight instead of running around like a person with their head, like I'm tempted. I don't know what to do. Stand your ground and get fully dressed so that you can fully fight. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit of all times and on every occasion, stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. In football right now, if your helmet comes off during a play, 
you have to, yes, jinx Trojans, go Trojans. Um, but um, if, you, if your helmet pops off in the middle of a game, the NCAA football rules, high school football rules, you have to stop playing in the play. It doesn't matter. You'll be penalized if you don't. It doesn't matter if a guy's going, breaking. Your, your job is you are canceled from participating in that play. And if it came off on your own accord, you just were lazy and didn't strap it um, like it needed to be strapped on, you've got to leave the field of play for a play, get it back on, and then you can come back in after a full play has been done. I hope that's not too confusing for you. You're still with me here. Come on, Chad Craig, say amen here. Um, But some of us, man, we're not fully dressed. And we're running around like a football player with no helmet on, and we can't fully engage into the life and the situation that God has us with because we're not fully equipped. And we don't understand why we keep getting our rears kicked by temptation and why we keep giving in and giving in. It's because we haven't taken the time to get fully equipped and fully dressed. And if you're not fully equipped and fully dressed, you can't deal fully with the temptations that are coming your way. Here's the deal. In our first text, it said this. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to man. No temptation can seize you, can take control over you. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so you can endure it. Can I tell you your way out? Your way to defeat temptation is to be fully dressed in the armor of God. And it's not enough to do this at BBS when you were a kid, right? It's not enough to do this once a week. It's not enough to do this on Sundays. Man, you got to be fully dressed and equipped, ready to fully fight. But you can't fully fight if you're not fully equipped. And the only one that can put the armor of God on you, for you, is you. It's you. And so you got to come back to this text, and you got to say, God, give me the helmet of salvation. Man, I'm putting on the belt of truth. I'm putting on the body armor and breastplate of righteousness. I'm putting on the shoes of peace. I'm carrying my shield of faith and my sword of the spirit. You have to dress you. When when the the Bible says this, and I've I've got to be done because we've got communion. I know. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I acted like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. When you were a child... When you were a child, somebody else dressed you, right? Your mama picked your clothes out. Here's your OP shirt and your jams, right? Here here you go. And and your mom dressed you. Moms, if you're still dressing your child at age 12, stop it. Like, don't, but they need their mama. No, they need to grow up, right? All the dads are like, yes, thank God. I don't care if they wear something that doesn't match. Let them bear the shame of not matching for once, dear God, right? 
You start, man, now I'm a man, I'm 12, I get to dress myself. Here's the deal. When you became an adult, you learned to dress you. You didn't depend on somebody else to dress you because if you are depending on someone else to literally physically put your clothes on, there's more than likely a disability there. There's a paralysis that has happened that you can't do it yourself. And if you are not dressing your, the only one that can dress yourself is you've got to learn to grow up spiritually and put on the full armor of God. Otherwise, there is a disability in your spirit that you aren't doing it. Man, you got to learn to overcome your want to's. Man, you got to put effort every day, just like getting physically dressed, to get spiritually dressed so that you can fully fight because the word of God says that we are more than overcomers through Christ Jesus who is our king. Some of us, we keep getting knocked off balance because we're not fully dressed. And the only one that can dress you is you. Get fully equipped so that you can fully fight and stop running around the field with your helmet off. Stop running around the field of life, not fully equipped and dressed, but learn to deal with temptation in an uncommon way so that you can live an uncommon life. Let's pray. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, this morning, I pray that you would speak to our lives and you would speak to our hearts. Lord, there's some of us that temptation is just running amok in our lives. Lord, it's bringing disorder. It's leading us into situations and circumstances that we don't want. Because the Lord, we've got to realize temptation always produces something when we give into it. When we give into temptation, it always produces something. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be fully equipped to be fully dressed so that we can fully fight. God, I pray that we wouldn't excuse it away. We wouldn't excuse our decisions. We wouldn't excuse our temptations. We wouldn't make ourselves the exception to the rules that we would not lean to our own understanding, but God, that we would start changing and dealing with what's coming our way instead of excusing what's come our way. Lord, Lord, I pray that in this place that you would help us, Lord, to live this life balanced to be spirit-led in every area of our life. Lord, let us not just be hearers of the word, but doers. In Jesus' name I pray, with heads bowed and eyes closed. This morning, if you're here and you say, Justin, I'm here, and I don't know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of my life, we want to give you a chance to change that. This morning, you may be here, and maybe you're just not where you should be in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, there's a change that needs to happen. I just need to recommit my life because my relationship isn't where it should be. I've said this all throughout this series, but what I would tell you is this. If this is unbalanced, if this is off balance, this part of your relationship with Jesus Christ, everything else will be. Everything else will be off balance if this is off balance. And so today, if you're here and you say, man, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, or I just need to recommit my life, I'm going to count to three. And all I want you to do is raise your hand and we're going to lead you in a prayer to change your life. One, two, three.
three. Is there anyone here today? You say, Justin, that's me. There's one and there's two. Is there anyone else? You join these two hands. Before we go any further in service, is there anyone else? You say, Justin, that's me today. Is there anyone else? If you raised your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I just confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I ask that your grace and your love would enter my life. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Can we give these two individuals a huge round of applause? Yeah, what an awesome moment. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.